I have been reading a terrific book by Mark Baker. There it is. Uh, it's called Centered Set Church. And uh, as I go on a week uh, of study leave, I'm going to be studying this church and thinking and writing about what does this look like here at Long Valley Presbyterian Church. And so some of today's sermon is going to be coming from this book and how it relates to the passage that we just heard and how does it relate to World Communion Sunday. A couple of weeks ago, I preached about how some churches and some denominations, they take a very black and white approach, how they treat particular issues and indirectly how they treat people. And so, Ali, if you'll switch to the next slide. In the upper left-hand corner, you'll see a diagram of what uh, the first approach is called a bounded church. A bounded church are those that take a black and white approach. There is clear lines that are drawn. You can see there are insiders, there are outsiders. The, the lines consist of a particular beliefs and, and behaviors and if you have those same beliefs and if you are in line with those same behaviors, you're on the inside, you're a member. And if you're not, you're on the outside. And so that includes um, oftentimes how they regard communion. And so bounded church churches are often characterized by gracelessness, uh, by judgmentalism, by shame and fear and a sense of self-righteousness. And in their eyes, everything is black and white. And there are insiders and there are outsiders. And fences and walls are erected and they are secured and they are guarded. Now, some might think that this is, I'm referring to evangelical and conservative churches only, but this takes place in liberal progressive churches as well. They can be bounded churches. If there are congregations that are open and accepting as long as you believe what they believe and think what they think, that's their own version of being a bounded church, of seeing everything in black and white. And so now comes a response against that first approach. And so if you look at the bottom left, you'll see fuzzy churches. Now you can kind of see by that diagram when they, why they call that, that there's no longer a line. Things get blurry. It's like being in a beige church. And so as you can see from that diagram, there aren't any lines, there aren't any outsiders. Fuzzy churches have a belief in tolerance, in individualism, in relativism. And so truth is relative. Uh, your behavior and your beliefs are totally up to you. And there's no critique. There's no correction. There's really no right or wrong. There's really no boundaries. And so with that, the pendulum is swung the other way. And there's no accountability. There's no structure. And so you can go to a fuzzy church and be a Christian and you don't need to change. 
And in that context, this new and transformed life that Christ calls us to, it becomes harder to do because it's really not necessary. And so I had a friend of mine that got called to a new church and that church didn't have a cross in their entire sanctuary. Didn't want one. That church did not really want this pastor to talk much about Jesus. Didn't want to make people feel uncomfortable. They, in their service, they didn't have a time of confession. So they didn't want people to feel bad about themselves. Well, guess what? Jesus made a lot of people uncomfortable. Jesus ruffled a lot of feathers. And he preached a gospel of repentance and of change. And he invites every single one of us to a life of obedience and discipleship. Who Jesus is. What Jesus stands for. What Jesus teaches brings us to this third approach. And the book calls it a centered set church. I'm going to call it a Christ-centered church. And so to get a better understanding of the difference of these three different approaches, there's a great illustration about uh, cattle ranchers in the, in the Australian outback. Izzy was uh, already uh, all over this. So in the outback, you have these large cattle ranches that are just hundreds and hundreds of miles in every direction. So you can't put a fence on the boundary to keep the cattle from getting lost and wandering off. So what do you think those cattle ranchers do to make sure that their cattle don't wander off if there's no fences? Any guesses? Exactly. They start digging wells. They dig wells. That's what they do to make sure that cattle don't wander off. They're still free, but they are drawn to life-giving water. Jesus is the well of life-giving water which nourishes us, which keeps us from getting lost, and what keeps us united as one. So a Christ-centered church is a church whose center is first and foremost found in the life of Jesus Christ. Who he is, what he taught, and what he reveals to us about who God is through Scripture, through the Gospels, through communion, through discipleship, we are drawn together in and through Christ Jesus. And as a result, we are not only united, but we are transformed. Notice in the right-hand side of a Christ-centered church, people are coming from all different places from all different directions. They have unique backgrounds, unique perspectives, unique gifts and customs and ways of dressing and language. 
That's why we celebrate today World Communion Sunday. That's why there are churches all around the world celebrating today. Every country, every language gathering together because of what Christ has done. We've all been united and invited and welcome to Christ's invitation to his table. We celebrate our uniqueness and we remembered that we are welcome. We are fed at the Lord's table. We are drawn to the center no matter where we are coming from. So you can be a lifelong Christian and you can be someone that is just curious trying to find out who is this Jesus guy? Never been to church. Any of you watching online and Christianity is new to you. You're both welcome at the table. Whether you are the longest term member or you are just coming for the very first time, you're welcome at the Lord's table. No matter your party affiliation, no matter your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, your nationality, you're invited at the table. Because Christ is calling you, no matter who you are, to become one of his modern day disciples. That's what Paul was saying in this letter to both Jews and Gentiles, groups that despise one another. They had hated each other for thousands of years. But now these new Christians had something in common, something that was drawing them towards one another. They were drawing closer to Christ, and then they were called to end their hostility. Paul wasn't asking them to become beige, to throw off all their background, all their uniqueness. And as we see in the New Testament letters, they had to do some reevaluating. They did have to adjust previous practices of who was being excluded, how they did certain initiation rites and ceremonies. And you see this with these disagreements between Paul and Peter. But they worked it out. They were able to work it out. We're called to be drawn to this very day, right here and now, to the cool, clean, refreshing water which comes from Christ Jesus. It attracts people of every walk of life, people who are thirsty, people who need refreshment, People who long to have their lives transformed because of the living water. Christ isn't calling us to be a bounded church or a fuzzy church. Christ is calling us to be like this banner. Where you see the many beautiful colors. But we're drawn to the center by Christ. And just so you know, as a side note, I've been asked, what does that mean? Uh, that is actually not a word, but it's an acronym. So it's the first 
letter of five words, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. And that is in Greek. Let me finish with this. How does being a Christ-centered church impact your life? How does it impact us as a church? The more we learn about who Christ is and what Christ stands for and what Christ taught and how he lived, the more it should inform us, both individually and as a congregation. And so in today's passage, Jesus is described as someone who brings peace, someone who ends hostility and bitterness and division, someone who is the cornerstone upon which we are called to build the church. And so here is a neat thought experiment that as you are coming into everyday life, and you come into complicated, confusing situations, maybe this will help you. Say you think of God as someone who is mean, who is cruel, who is judgmental, and he's looking down on us, and he's just punishing all the people that are doing all the bad things. Ask yourself this question. Can you picture Jesus doing that? Can you picture Jesus acting that way? based upon what we read? Well, if that's not what we read, that's probably not who God is. How about how we are called to live? When you see those people on those street corners standing on those milk crates, those signs of hatred and the megaphones, ask yourself, can you picture Jesus doing that? No way. That is not, then, a behavior of faithful discipleship. Can you picture Jesus standing up here and denying people from Holy Communion? No way. Because when he first instituted it, he gave communion to the very person that was about to betray him and the one that was about to deny him and all the ones that were about to flee him. Everyone was welcome. How about when you hear someone in a small group or whatever saying something racist or sexist or demeaning, you just ignore their bigotry? Don't want to ruffle any feathers? Can you picture Jesus doing that? Because we have an entire four Gospels of Jesus speaking the truth and saying things that were uncomfortable. And so if that's who Jesus is, speaking out and speaking up for the vulnerable and the marginalized, that's who we should be. Whenever you're in a complicated situation, try and understand who God is, who's God calling me to be. Put Jesus in that situation. Think about how would he respond What would he say? What would he do? And here's the amazing thing. Is that Jesus is in the unique position like no one else ever in the history of the world. Because he is fully God and fully human to help us better understand who God is and who we are. 
and how God is calling us to live. So being a part of Christ-centered church every week, we get to learn more and more and more about Christ. And the more we learn about who Christ is, the more it should change our lives. And we are changed because we are drawn from the accurate information about how we're called to live. We're called to live in a new, unique way to live and work and be. We're drawn to the center. We're drawn towards Christ. And that doesn't separate us. That brings us together. Not just here at Long Valley Presbyterian, but around the world. That's exciting. That is challenging. And in a world that is so bitterly divided, that gives me hope. Amen. Now is the time where you have any prayers of joys or concerns. Please offer those up in a prayer request card in your pews and our ushers will be coming by.